Welcome to the Big Apple School podcast. This is Mike. And this is Ken. And today we're talking about the topic of Are you a risk taker? Right. Well, we're going to divide this into different segments. And the first one that I'd like us to talk about is sports. Speaking of which, Mike, have you ever done any dangerous sports or activities? Yeah, you know, I have done something that's quite dangerous. Yeah, and this is not a major sport. It's not like soccer or, you know, like baseball or anything like this, but it's considered an extreme sport. Um, have you heard of the sport called parkour? Oh, it's also called free running. Right. Yeah, these days, they're synonymous now. Yeah. Um, so, this is a sport you see in the movies where, where kids, you know, basically jump up and down buildings, they climb really high, you know, ceilings, they hang off the edges, you know, from like 50 story buildings. If they drop, they're dead. Essentially, so that's scary. Now, now let's get one thing straight here. Yeah, I didn't actually do the sport. What I did is mm-hmm. I followed around these athletes. I was with them, and I filmed their jumps. I filmed their climbs. I filmed their tricks in really, really high places. But still, uh, the fact that you had to do that, and uh, I assume that you had to do some training also. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, if they are filming in a like a thirty-story abandoned building. Well, guess what? You're going up there with them. You know what I mean? So they taught me how to do some basic climbing up mm-hmm. and most importantly, how to climb down safely. Because climbing down is actually the more dangerous part than climbing up. Yeah? Because you have to remember, like, a lot of these, you know, taco guys do a lot of these things in abandoned buildings, mm-hmm. right? And the reason why they do them in abandoned buildings is because, you know, uh, legitimate buildings, functional buildings right. have security guards in them, mm-hmm. right? So whereas abandoned buildings generally don't. So... Uh, basically, and, and if you go to abandoned buildings, they're abandoned for a reason. You know, there are potholes mm-hmm. in them, there are cracks, sometimes right. there are no stairways, there's no clear way up, mm-hmm. right? So you have to learn how to climb these places up without the help of stairs or elevators. Right? Were you nervous though? You know, at first it was scary as fuck. <laughs> you know, it, is, it was really, you know, you're really going to piss your pants kind of thing. Because you see a pothole. Right. It's big enough for you to fall through. Mm-hmm. And you can see that if you fall, there's no coming back from that. You are going to die. It's, it's 30, 40 stories up. Do you know what I mean? Thank you for encouraging me to do that. Yeah. <laughs> Which means that I'm never going to do that ever. Yeah. So we did this a lot in Sydney and Melbourne. Yeah. So, um, and, it's, and this is a sport that's getting more popular amongst the, uh, the newer teens, mm-hmm. yeah, the younger teens. So it's a good sign, right? Did you have any accidents though? <laughs> Some of the parkour guys did. I saw a couple of guys nearly fall to their deaths. Oh my nearly, god! Nearly, one did a little cartwheel, mm-hmm. um, fell on the on the railing. Oh my! And, but the railing was weak, and the railing started to cave. Mm-hmm. But then he was able to bounce quickly back away from the railing. But then I, I we captured this on film, right? The railing actually collapsing. Oh, and if he had fallen through that, uh huh, pizza. That must have been, been really scary. Street pizza. And the other one, I saw a kid not not look where he's going, mm-hmm. nearly fell through a pothole. If he fell through that pothole, that's 20 stories down. My you know what goodness. I mean? He would have died from that. Yeah, easily. Yeah. You know, this is the reason why I don't want to take any risks at all. As far as sports, uh, you know, uh, or sport is concerned, I'm not that much of a risk taker. I mean, I'm more than willing to do other kinds of risks, but not this one because... Well, you never know when accidents happen. And, you know, the, the, the scariest part for me is having to undergo uh, a surgery 
I've never had that in my life and of course I don't plan of you know to do that anytime soon so I'm just a little cautious or maybe more cautious than I should be many many uh transors that's what you call a uh, parkour kids mm-hmm. yeah, kids who practice that sport um if you've been around long enough yeah you probably would have had some broken bones and surgeries and mm-hmm. i think the worst i've met was a guy nearly became quadriplegic oh because he fell from a fifth story window mm-hmm. right so uh, they have a rule in that sport um if it's three stories and up it's dangerous to fatal so you can be crip- so If you fall from a second-story window, mm-hmm. it's not too bad. You might break a bone, you might not. You might probably get away with it. Right. But anything from three, four stories up is either permanent damage, possibility of, or mm. death. Right. So oh, well. that's the kind of rule. So next time, um, that's what I learned. Next time you are trying to escape a, a burning building, judge whether you, if you're on the third <laughs> floor or not. Calculate that before you jump. That's okay. actually very useful. Yeah. But you know, well, I got a question for you, Ken. Sure. Okay. Would you do a parachute jump or a bungee jumping? Would you would you try those kind of sports? Those kind um, of, yeah. Well, having said what I said earlier, yeah. Even if I were to be paid with a million dollars, yeah. Hmm. I might give it a second thought, but the truth yeah. is I know myself and I guess definitely I wouldn't do that. It's far too scary, far too risky, and the thing is I have fear of heights. So whenever I'm on a high place, it scares me to death. And um, just the thought of it makes me, you know, sweat out a lot. And my, in fact, my palms are now sweaty. You know, let me tell you a story. Okay, so you know, I, I teach here at Big Apple, and there was one class that I taught, and there was a guy in there. He's a bit of a risk taker. Mm-hmm. Right? You can tell that these kind of these types, right? Now he was not a young, you know, young teen. He was a man in his thirties. He told me about this sport that they do here in Novosibirsk, and it's sort of an underground sport, right? Where they um, they go, you know, the power towers, mm-hmm. you know, the huge power towers that are like you know forty, fifty meters, yeah, above ground. These guys climb these things at nighttime, right, in the middle of nowhere. They wow. go to the top, and they hook themselves with bungee jumping uh, gear. Except this one is uh, the, the harness is on the chest, not mm-hmm. on the legs. And they jump off these things at nighttime with no lights, just yeah, on the man. moonlight. Just on the moonlight. There are actually groups that do that here, right? Uh-huh. You know what I mean? They're daredevils. I wouldn't do that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think it's pretty. Um, yeah, I mean, but it's not. You know, what I'm all I'm saying is that even in Russia, you see a lot of risky sports. Mm. Yeah. Well, I guess they have the bro- bravado to do that. Well, um, I guess let's move on to another topic here. Something to do with appearance. I wonder, have you ever done something dramatically different to your appearance? For example, had a very different hairstyle or maybe hair color. Let's begin with that. You know, <laughs> it's interesting because my girlfriend asked me, "Have you ever had long hair?" And I told her, "When I was 19, yeah, I had ponytail." Yeah, oh, I even, yeah, I actually had one of those. Yeah, uh, when I was 19. And um, her next question was, "Well, why did you get rid of it?" And then I looked at her and I went, "What? Do you remember why you changed your hairstyle 10 years ago, <laughs> 20 years ago? Do you know what I mean? Like, it's called a lifestyle change, right? Right. That's that's the term in English. I told her, right? Lifestyle change. So right? you moved on from that. Yeah, a subconscious lifestyle change. Yeah. How long did you have it? 
a couple of years, I think. And then I dumped it. It was just, look, um, the, you have to understand that, you know, in the warmer climates I've been in, like in California or Sydney, a long hair for a guy, mm-hmm. it just doesn't work after a while. <laughs> you know, it does get hot and sweaty. Mm-hmm. It does get annoying, yeah, in the, in the middle of the hot sun. And the so. maintenance. I mean, you have to shampoo that, brush it. I mean, I don't uh, know. I didn't do any of that. Oh. I didn't do any of that, right? So, But you kept it for several years. Yeah, yeah. But it was completely, un, un, you know, unkempt. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's not it's not something that I really focused on. Oh, trying to try okay. to make myself look pretty. It was really more done out of laziness, right? Because <laughs> cause if you have a you ponytail, you can see. Yeah, yeah. You don't have to do, you know, you don't have to style the hair. You don't have to get it cut. It's lazy. It's cheap. You know, mm-hmm. it, there was a reason why this style was pretty popular in the 90s. I think a lot of 90s guys didn't care about the hairstyles mm-hmm. as much as they do today. Yeah. You know what? Um, it occurred to me several times of yeah. growing my hair longer. But then again, I thought, well, I'm too skinny, so I don't think it really suits me. But then again, I still tried some experiments. Well, in my teenage years, I tried different colors for my hair. Red, um, orange, orange, or reddish orange, something of that, you know, tone or color. Um, because I thought, you know, wh- while you're still a teenager, you got to explore You gotta, you know, experiment with your style. And so I thought I wanted to be different. I wanted to be recognizable. So that's what I did with my appearance. But uh, in terms of hairstyles, well, um, I tried to style it like in a spiky way, if you know what I mean. So I used some gel to make my hair kind of stand out. But uh, it was only for a short time because, you know, in my university years, I thought if I were going to be a teacher, I have to, you know, uh, control myself in a way that I shouldn't look too crazy because, well, when you become a teacher, you cannot go to your classroom with, you know, with, uh, with your hair in spikes or with dyed hair. I don't think your students, especially high school students, would appreciate that. Maybe um, parents wouldn't even take you seriously. So it was just a time in my life, I guess. But um, it faded eventually because, you know, we all grow up. We mature. When was this? Um, I guess when I was about 18, 19 years old. Yeah, so about the same. Yeah, I mean, spiky hair was kind of a thing, you know, uh, maybe 15, 20 years ago, I guess. Oh, well. No, yeah, so, uh, <laughs> You're re- revealing to them our age. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it was, uh, it was a thing, uh, sort of anime hair. But today, I don't know if that's... Uh, What about tattoos? Tattoos. I never got tattoos. I've never been interested in them. And for uh-huh. a, well, for a practical reason, mm-hmm. I don't want police identifying me oh. with tattoos. Right? It's very, very easy to get ID'd and remembered by cops. Right? If you have tattoos on you. Right? In fact, it's one of the first things they look for in CCTV footages. <laughs> Yeah, so you know how they in the movies they have like um, CCTV footage and they can like recognize the face right. and all that kind of thing. Look, not all cameras can do that, right? Not all, you know. Um, more than likely, the CCTV, any CCTV footage of you that's being recorded is going to be from a distance because mm-hmm. they kind of have a CCTV in every corner, right. first of all. And you know, the people who analyze these things to catch people, right? are generally looking for shapes, mm-hmm. the height of the person, what that person is wearing, any tattoos noticeable in the limbs, right? On the limbs. So it's a dead giveaway, right? So this is one of the reasons I just don't get tattoos. Yeah. 
You know what? Um, speaking of tattoos, I my association uh-huh. um, is that if you have a tattoo, uh-huh. you might have committed crimes before. <laughs> I know it sounds funny, but I associate it with criminals. <laughs> well, that's where it started, right? I mean, like in many countries around the world, you know, tattooing was associated with career criminals, mm-hmm. right? I mean, even in Russia, I think it was the same, mm-hmm. right? But that's all changed now. I mean, you know, I met a guy. He's interesting, Sydney. Uh, roughly about uh, a year and a half ago, maybe two. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was looking for a place to uh, um, get another uh, piercing, right, in my ear. Uh, so I got uh, both my ears pierced. I, need, I wanted to get another one mm-hmm. uh, before I left Sydney. And uh, basically, uh, there was a guy uh, in a tattoo shop. It was a Korean fellow. And, uh, and I said, no, I didn't know any Koreans were doing this sort of stuff, um, especially out here in Sydney. And he goes, well, these days, a lot of Koreans get tattoos and piercings. And I said, well, I mean, even the girls. Wow. And then he said, yeah, like, like it's a normal thing now, right? So within a span of, what, maybe 15 years, this mentality had shifted. Mm-hmm. I, I wasn't aware of that, right? So but, I guess it's fashionable for them now, but yeah. I don't know. Um, I'll never try it. Yeah? Okay, so... You, what do you have against tattoos? Um, I'm just afraid that, you know, yeah. over time I might get tired of it. And then, um, you know, you'll have it removed or maybe you yeah, have another tattoo to be placed on top of it. So I just find it a little too complicated. Besides, you know, I know that I am, you know, I, I keep changing my mood. So <laughs> I might want it one day, but the next day I might want something else. So it's better to just avoid it altogether. Uh, what do you call that in English? That that uh, that uh, change of you know that changeability, yeah, of moods and stuff. That's called lifestyle, change in lifestyle. Okay, uh, but <laughs> or lifestyle. You, you, you might you might call it flakiness. Oh, but okay. Yeah, well. <laughs> you might call it flakiness. I don't know. <laughs> right, right. So, have you ever gotten any tattoos, piercings, whatever? Uh, once you once you got it, once you had it, mm-hmm. did you regret it after? Okay, once you well, regret it after? piercings. Yeah. Again, I was about eighteen or nineteen. Yeah. Um, I had two, in fact, just uh, on one ear, because I thought, um, you know, they looked cool, and I wanted to be cool. You know, teenagers, teenagers always want to, you know, stand out. So I tried it. It only lasted for a year. But uh, mind you, I really enjoyed it. I felt like, oh, yeah, I'm cool. Look at me. Because yeah, my other friends, they also had it. And so I thought it would be cool to be a part of the club. Right. So you wanted to be part of the... What kind, so you remember... Um, I'm not sure if they, these things are around anymore. Maybe they are. Remember their sort of 90s and towards the early millennium, I suppose, you know, we were kind of big on subcultures. Right. Right. And then there were kind of the skaters, there were the, the, the heavy metal kids, mm-hmm. there were the rapper wannabe gangsters. Right. And there were the artist kids and then the nerds and, you know, IT guys and whatnot. Is that still around? Is there such a thing called subcultures now? Or is it just everybody's kind of the same with Instagram and, you know, is, is it kind of the same kind of thing or? To be very honest right. with you, I'm not sure that I'm still in touch with right. what's out there since right. I do consider myself partly old in a way because right. I'm in my mid-30s now. Right. So I don't know what's um, trendy at the moment. So I don't know if these subcultures still exist. If they do, they probably take another form. It's, just a, it's interesting because, you know, um, it's sort of teaching, you know, like we come across quite a lot of teens, right, here and there. And when I look at the teens, 
they don't look like they belong to any subculture. There's no cultural indicator. Yeah. Right? There's no cultural marker. Like, you know, when we were little kids, you can tell who was a skater. Mm-hmm. You know, if you had Vans shoes, they were like this thick, right. right? Thick skater shoes. Or if you had baggy pants with chains around it, you knew he was a wannabe gangster, right? <laughs> drug dealer. Um, these days, they all look the same. They feel the same. And there was this sort of this cultural mediocrity right. that goes on at the moment. And... You know, they may have. I'm just with this feeling that mm. kids are now kids now have hobbies, and these hobbies differ, mm-hmm. but they're not they're not into subcultures, right? Right, like a tribe, mm-hmm. right? And I don't think the, I think people have become less tribal, perhaps, right. in this new generation. So I'm just I'm just throwing it out there. I mean, what's your thoughts on that? Well, <laughs> I don't know. I just don't right. care that much, I guess, right. about them, especially with you know the younger generation, right? Because I feel like I'm a bit of a grandpa now. Uh, do you mind if we jump to another topic here about relationships? Okay. Uh, I'm just interested because, you know, um, do you think you would go out with someone who was much older or maybe much younger than you are? Yeah, I mean, I'm open to it if the personality is nice. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's nothing to that. I mean, of course... You know, I might sell I might sound a little piggish in saying this, but mm-hmm. men will prefer younger women. That's fact. And I women guess, yeah. women prefer someone who's older. Right. There's a, there's an old there's an old adage that men like girls, right. women like men, mm-hmm. not boys. Exactly. Right? So there's there's that adage to that. So I'm, I'm, I don't think I'm too hugely different away from that. Mm-hmm. But sure, I mean, uh, you know, if you're dating somebody who's a, you know, are you talking about much older or a little younger or a little older? Which, what are you talking about? Um, okay, the, the yeah. thing is, uh, yeah. I want to know how old can you tolerate? Like, uh, when I say how old, like 10 years? Uh, or cannot be beyond 10 years? Or older, younger, doesn't matter? 10 years is doable. Doable. Yeah. 10 years is doable. So um, anything beyond well, that? Well, I, what I'm, in my mind, I'm thinking like 20. Oh, right? okay. 20 may not be so uh, workable. Right? right. It may not be so feasible, right? But 10 years, I, I don't see a problem with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really don't. So there is a limit then as to the age? Yeah, of course. Okay. I mean, why wouldn't there be, mm-hmm. right? So, I mean, for me, it's it's kind of like, but I don't see how that's risky. Mm-hmm. And it's not, it's not, in fact, if you date an older woman, that's not risky, mm-hmm. do you understand? But it actually it... minimizes risk. Mm-hmm. It's the younger girls that are more risky. Oh, well. Right? <laughs> They're the ones that are more flaky. They're the you ones that are more- You might end up that's right. In, the other ones know. who are less <laughs> mature. They're the ones that, you know, quickly change their minds about you. Right. So it's actually more of a risk to date someone who's younger. Mm-hmm. Right. But hey. But right? somebody's older is fine. Hey, but the risk is part of the fun. Okay. Right. Well. So so you gotta you gotta take it on that. Yeah. But but then again, they say love conquers all. What do you think of that? <laughs> no. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Definitely no. not. No. Um <laughs> So there are still boundaries. Well, look, 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 man. When, when you're kind of younger, you, you think that way, right? Mm-hmm. Um, as you get older, it's kind of like, no. Yeah, there's there's right. definitely conditions and strategy involved in all right. this, right? And look, I mean, let me give, give you a case in point. Go ahead. This, right? So when I was in high school, I had no choice in doing this, but we have electives mm-hmm. in high school, right? So electives are subjects that you choose. So in Australian high school system, basically the only mandatory subject is actually English. You don't have to do maths, you don't Mm -hmm. have to do science, you don't have to do history if you don't want to, right? 
Um, so you get to choose the rest of your subjects except English, mm-hmm. right? So uh, when I was, I think, about 16, mm-hmm. I was so drugged out on pot at the time that I actually didn't select all my electives. Oh right. my God. Yeah, so I actually didn't select, I didn't fill the whole thing. You're supposed mm-hmm. to fill up to like 10 units or something like this, mm-hmm. right? Well, I only filled up eight, right? So uh, the school, what do you call, academic advisor or something like that calls me in mm-hmm. one day and says, you haven't filled your academic hours. And I said, what, what do you mean? You have to fill up all the electives. Right. Right. And I, what are you talking about? And he says, well, it's too late anyway. You only got one choice left. Like, like you have no choice. And that is? And that subject, and then she gave me a piece of paper and take this and mm-hmm. go to this room. That's your first class. I looked at it and I went, it, had written, it was written, society and culture. Oh, and I went, that sounds what, fun. What the heck is society and culture? What kind of, <laughs> what kind of, a, what kind of goofy name is that right. for a subject, right? I thought she was going to give me like woodwork or mm-hmm. something, you know, go into the tool shed and, and work with mm-hmm. tools or something like uh, woods like, like this. But basically it was sociology. Right. So, but they call it society fine. and culture because sociology was too much of a difficult term for teenagers mm-hmm. to understand. So uh, I, I entered into the class, and as soon as I entered, there were no boys. It was a girls-only <laughs> class. Right? It was a classroom full of girls. That must have been heaven. For and you. they were looking at me like fresh meat. Oh. Look at this young boy. Look at this young boy rolling to our class. Here, oh right? my so, goodness! But it turned out to be my favorite subject. Oh, it actually see? turned out to be yeah, because it really explained a lot of um, what the world was like. Mm-hmm. Right? Uh, sociology is a really, really interesting uh, subject if you want to study it. Anyway, getting back to the the whole topic here. The first class, first day, we mm-hmm. sat down. The teacher, we're doing, um, the subject was family. Family. Because family is the basic unit of a society. Right. right. So they need to explain what that meant, right? The teacher said to the whole class, hands up those who, um, uh, who come from divorce, who don't come from divorced families. So whose families are still together without splitting up. And? Do you know how many kids put up their hand? That must be... Out of 30. Out of 30 kids. Yeah. Less than 10? Two. Oh. oh. Two kids. So mm-hmm. about, including myself, about 27, 28 kids wow. came from divorced families by that stage. I would have raised my hand too. Well, yeah, I mean, including <laughs> myself, I right? right? I looked around and for the first time in my life, something clicked in my head, mm-hmm. right? Um, even with all the marijuana in my, in my brain, mm-hmm. all the THC, I realized there's something wrong here. Mm-hmm. There is something wrong yeah. with, with society here. There's something wrong with the world. Right? Indeed. So what I realized is that maybe this whole um, uh, model of romance, mm-hmm. that love conquers all, that, that doctrine that we're taught as kids, that Cinderella story, right, may be flawed. Well, yeah. yeah. Maybe, maybe something is wrong with that logic. But we're going to talk about that in our next episode, something to do with, you know, yeah. realizations in life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, but... Well, you know, we're talking about family here. Mm. We're talking about sports. So I got to talk about the health, the topic that I know, well, that I, I trained in. Okay. Do you have any habits um, that are not good for your health? Well, I know I got a few, but you, you start first. I know that there are bad habits, but then again, as they say, bad habits are really hard to break. One of them is, you know, staying up all night, um, Sometimes I, I do sleep at 2 a.m. I know it's really late. I know it's not healthy. But then again, it's a habit. And uh, well, I'm trying these days to, to break that very bad habit. That's one. What else? Um, 
I guess I don't eat a lot of vegetables. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not that I don't like them. It's just that maybe I don't get a lot of opportunities, or maybe I just don't like salads. I don't know for some reason. Um, what else? Other bad habits. Um, I eat lots of sweets, but it, mm-hmm. for me it's okay because I'm skinny, so I feel like I can eat anything and everything. Although sometimes I can eat maybe how many? Three bars of chocolate in one sitting. Can you believe that? Wow. wow. And then I used to drink, um, right. what, three to four cups of coffee. I don't know if that's unhealthy, oh, but yeah. I used to do that. Yeah, it's not the best. Um, well, okay, let's start with the, uh, the sleep problem. Go ahead. So this is like, um, you know, in English, we call this insomnia. Right. I think Russians have an equivalent of this word. And uh, people who are, you know, uh, who suffer from this, is, they're called insomniacs, right? With an AC at the S at the back. Uh, now, this is like one of the biggest, biggest health problems of the modern age. And do you are you aware of that? Do you have it too, by the way? Uh, I think most of us have it. Okay. Yeah. So uh, let's just define what normal sleeping hours are. Yeah. So let's just go back into prehistory here. So humans by evolution have been around for about 350,000 years, yeah. yeah, the homo sapiens, right? So you have to understand for most of that time, our ancestors have evolved around the movement of the sun, right? Exactly. So this whole world full of electricity, which allows us to basically be awake 24-7, um, basically, you know what I'm saying? It's something very new. I mean, it's like 0.0 something, 1% of our history we've been able to do this, right? Right? Because electricity only became widely available in the last 100 years, yeah, to most of the world, mm-hmm. right? So uh, to me, it's actually more normal to sleep when the sun has gone down, yeah? So in other words, about 7, 8 o'clock, you should actually be sleeping, right? Right. Well, what does, when does the average person go to sleep these days? You have a guess. 10, 11? Try midnight. Oh, okay. Try midnight or one <laughs> o'clock in the morning, right? Try that, right? So we're missing all those. We're actually going against our natural design. In my y- point of view. Yeah, I know. But then again, you have to yeah. consider the changing yeah. lifestyles. We do have some technology, which, you know, back in the day, those ancient people didn't used to have. So like I guess that influences us. Well, the discovery of electricity and, you know, with social media nowadays, that yeah, you know, but keeps us what I'm saying to... is that physiologically, we mm. weren't built for that. We were not built to stay awake after sundown for hours, mm-hmm. right? Day in, day out, day by day for right. years without something going wrong with our physiology. Yeah. So if you go against, because mm-hmm. the doctrine is, if you go against natural design, right, mm-hmm. something's going to go wrong. Well, eventually. Yeah. So we were meant to be a certain way. We're meant to behave in a certain way. Mm -hmm. And only in the recent period of our history, human history, we've been allowed to do this. Right. And I think that's going to have, and it's already happening Mm -hmm. because I've already talked to actually psychiatrists about this. Right. There's been many, there's been a lot of research being done on this Mm -hmm. right now because they're they're noticing a huge spike in depression Mm -hmm. and restlessness in children. Oh, yeah. The number one culprit is not smoking, it's not video games, it's not social media, it's none of those things. Actually, it's the fact that they're sleeping late due to these things. All right. Right? So too many distractions allow us to stay awake 
day wait, in, wait. day out, day after day. Mm-hmm. Day Let's day clarify out. that. Yeah. Is it all about sleeping late or mm-hmm. the sleeplessness or the lack of sleep? It's the fact that we're not sleeping early enough. Okay. Yeah. So we're basically and doing it constantly mm-hmm. for months and years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's doing something to our neurochemistry. I'm not a, a neuroscientist. I can't right. explain to you what that is. But mm-hmm. the research is already out, mm-hmm. and and pretty much every psychiatrist agrees with pretty much this. Y- right? You see, um, yeah. we don't even need to, you know, hear it from psychiatrists, psychologists, or right. whichever experts there are out right. there, but. I'm sure that everybody knows this, but then again, um, we live in a different society now. Yeah. And even though we may be aware of this, but the fact is, <laughs> we still try to live our lives the way they are. Sleep late, midnight, 1 a.m., 2 a.m. Because, for example, in in my case, I, I am aware of this one. But then again, um, I can't help it. <laughs> It's too attractive, isn't it? Yeah. yeah too attractive. I think... Uh, The, for most people, I think the social media aspect is is so big. For me, it's not the social media. I'm What time do you sleep, by the way? I sleep midnight. Midnight, I you see? Admit. So And you're also a culprit. It's due to gaming. <laughs> It's due to purely due to gaming. Oh, gaming! Yeah, it's due to gaming. It's nothing oh else, right? If you remove gaming, mm-hmm. that, that would never happen. I'd be I'd be in bed by ten, ten thirty, right? So it's just that, um, especially also in summer, mm-hmm. yeah, um, it's better to game at night right. when it's cooler. Yeah, during day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's it is pretty hot during the day. So, right. yeah. So it's just uh, the sleeping hours get pushed further and further, mm-hmm. and uh, it does have an effect. But I know for a fact that if you sleep at 10 o'clock, you wake up much more with much more energy the next day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so the trick is to do that every day, but the problem is that people can't. There's just too much electricity everywhere. Of course. Yeah. Um, I think that's the case. So you used to drink coffee four or five times a day. Yeah. How did, you, how did you not sweat or get the shakes? <laughs> you know, it's just a matter of getting used to it. But but now I have stopped because I have a stomach problem. So I try to drink less or, you know, as much as possible, not at all. So uh, I've cut it down. But mm-hmm. every now and then when I feel like drinking, I, of course, give myself at least just a cup or maximum two cups. You know, I used to know a patient who used to sweat all the time. Mm-hmm. Like sweat all the time, sweat on his palms, right? All the time. Imagine you shake your hands with a guy wow. and he's always sweaty. One of, those, one of those <laughs> things, right? Well, guess what helped him to stop sweating? Stop drinking coffee. Oh, okay. Yeah, the coffee was basically stimulating his adrenal glands, mm-hmm. and then he was constantly sweating as a result of that, mm-hmm. combined with the hot Sydney weather. Mm-hmm. And then you've got a. Yeah, you got one of those cases. But when you stop drinking coffee, you stop sweating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, essentially. So uh, these chemicals that that are around, they, they have a big impact on our health and and our uh, basically social capabilities. Definitely, you know, I think. Yeah. So uh, let me ask you a question. You sound like a guy who doesn't like a lot of risk to me, right? Who, wants of, to, yeah. who likes to minimize risk? Of right? course. Yeah. I don't want to die yeah. young. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Okay. All right. All right. So when you when you have traveled here and when you go traveling in general, right? Do you take out insurance? Like travel insurance, health insurance? Do you actually do those things? Do you do your homework on that? Well, the thing is, um, <laughs> although I am very cautious in general, but when it comes to insurance, mm-hmm. no, I don't take out any. Um, it's for. Mm-hmm. For financial reasons, I just feel like, why do I have to pay extra for this? Because I know I'm going to be safe anyway. At least in my mind, that's how I think. 
I will be. And in most cases, well, not in most cases, but so far for the times that I have traveled abroad, I've never encountered any problems, accidents. So I don't know how long my luck will go on, but for now I can say that I'm safe. And um, <laughs> it's just for me, although I'm not advising our listeners to not, you know, like take out and insurance because it's for their good but just for me um, no I don't take out any insurance at all I see I always make sure I'm insured because wow. you don't want to be stranded in a foreign country where you don't speak the language mm-hmm. right and be stranded essentially mm-hmm. right so it's a very bad situation to be in and when it happens the only people you can contact are your family and friends back home and I don't want to bother them to be honest have you ever used one though no never mm-hmm. but you know what It's a peace of mind. And of course, when you buy travel insurance or health insurance, make sure you read everything. Mm-hmm. Make sure that it's a, with a reputable company because there are hundreds out there. Mm-hmm. They're, offer, they're, not, they're not going to honor the deal if something goes wrong. And I've seen cases like that from other people. Right? Wow. So I always make sure that I spend good money with a good company to get the right insurance. Yeah. Um, so it's just one of those things, especially if you don't speak the language. I That's have a question cool. though, uh, coming from a person who has never taken out any insurance, yeah. um, um, is it, uh, I mean, do you have to pay a huge sum of money for that? Nah, it's not, it's not huge. It's just a little bit of money, but it's, it offers a peace of mind. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. So um, that was the show of Big Apple Podcast. Um, of the topic today was, are you a risk taker? Yeah. We really hope you enjoyed the show. And we do please, hope so. please, please do leave us a comment or a question. 